Welcome to Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, where I talk about my personal and my group coaching clients' experiences of healing our hearts, authentically falling in love with ourselves, and yes, finding someone better. I'm Claire the Heartbreak Coach. Let's take your love life and entire life to the next level. Hello, my loves. Welcome to episode 258, The Terror of Getting Your Heart Broken Again. Even as I read those words off of the page of my show notes, I just get that all too familiar sinking feeling in my stomach because I have felt this terror many times, probably for all of the times that I had very strong feelings for someone throughout my 20s and my 30s. And for sure, that terror arose even when I was falling for the love of my life, my now fiance, Larry. So here's the good news. The terror, the fear, the anxiety doesn't have to be a bad thing. It doesn't have to mean you're not ready. It doesn't have to mean that the person you're seeing is wrong for you and that the reason you're feeling anxious is because they're terrible for you. If you have experienced trauma or extreme disappointment or heartache, whatever you want to call it, in your romantic relationships, and then you start to like someone new and you really want a partner to share the rest of your life with, I think it's it would be strange if you didn't feel fear or anxiety of getting heartbroken again. So again, I think that's good news that this is normal. And I say this to you guys. I've definitely said this on the podcast before. I have said it so many times to my clients. And I really just want you to let this sink in. If you are experiencing panic over someone who you really like right now, or you're not experiencing panic, you're not dating at all because you just don't want to feel the feeling, just know this is so, so normal. I was inspired to do this episode because I have a client who is returning to my group. We had worked together for a while and she wanted to take a little break. And then she met someone who she really likes. They're newly seeing each other and she is freaking out. And I repeatedly told her, this is normal. Yes, this makes sense. There's nothing wrong here. You're very uncomfortable. So that feels very wrong, right? You're feeling anxious. So you're thinking there must be something wrong. And I'm just sitting here knowing you as well as I do saying, yeah, this makes sense. You haven't been in a relationship for a very long time. The last person you were with, you fought for tooth and nail and it didn't work out. And even when we were working together less than a year ago, you still were having residual feelings for this person. And Now, this new person comes into your life after years of not having experienced someone show up and be lovely and be consistent and make plans in advance and reach out to you regularly and send you fucking flowers on Valentine's Day. Of course you're freaking out. I hope you guys are feeling relief and are laughing, right? Because from the outside, you'd be like, oh my God, what's her problem? He sent her flowers on Valentine's Day. He's making plans in advance. He's regularly reaching out. 
He even invited her to his birthday party where all of his friends were. It's just been really, really lovely. And she's freaking out. I totally relate to this. This happened with Larry and many people before then, which just proves it's not about the other person. Now, if someone's being shady and you go on a date with them and they're like, yeah, I'm so into you. You're so amazing. And then you don't hear from them for two weeks and you're feeling anxious. That makes sense. That definitely makes sense. But this is not what we are talking about. I'm certainly not suggesting that he's totally into her to the point that like they are going to run off into the sunset together and be together forever. It sounds like he's into her, but they've only been dating for a couple of months. So it's still new. That also induces anxiety, right? Oh my God, I really like him. But if I'm being really real, it's only been two months. And, you know, I was asking her, what are the things that you like about him? And, you know, typical things that we like about someone. They seem to be a really good person and they're hardworking and they're kind and they're funny and they're fun and they show up and all the things. And that's so great. And I'm like, yeah. And, you know, you guys haven't had a conflict yet. You haven't seen each other at your worst, right? You haven't gone through the hard together yet. You haven't gone through stressful times. You haven't been in a cranky mood because it's still new. And so that's another layer of it taking time to really get to know someone and figure out if you really want this person to be your person, let alone worrying about, is this person going to stay or is this person going to go? So again, I cannot stress enough. Stress and anxiety and fear of it not working out is totally normal when you're newly liking someone, especially if you haven't been with someone for years or you've experienced a lot of heartache and trauma in past relationships. I think the reason why some people don't find that to be a relief is because they just want to get rid of the anxiety, right? And I get it, right? Okay, great. It's normal. And I fucking hate this feeling, Claire. <laughs> but I often hear a sneaky judgment of the anxiety. And when you're judging the anxiety and not accepting it as par for the course, you will have a harder time navigating the anxiety. I'm going to say that again. If you are judging the anxiety that you're having, you're judging your freakouts, you're judging your panic, your fear, your terror, then you will have a much harder time managing the anxiety that you're moving through. And this is the work. The work is to manage it, not get rid of it, cure it, kick it to the curb. It would be so nice to be able to do that. But as she continues to date this guy and figure out, does he like me? long-term or not? Do I like him potentially for long-term or not? You know, the anxiety isn't going to go anywhere. Unfortunately, it's not. So your job is to figure out how to manage it. So I have eight steps here to prepare you for being in terror of getting your heart broken. I'm going to go all the way back to your past relationships for step one. Make sure you're totally clear about what happened in your past relationships. If you've been a loyal listener, <laughs> this may sound repetitive, but really and truly, you know, it doesn't mean that your panic is going to go away, but I think the reason why our brains anticipate heartache relationship failure, doom and gloom is because our brains associate romantic love with 
that kind of experience because the past relationships didn't work out. If they did, you wouldn't be in this situation with this new person, right? Unless if you're polyamorous. So reminding yourself, because maybe you forgot, right? Okay, wait a second. Who, who am I today showing up in this relationship because of all the work that I did on my past relationships? Not just assessing what losers and toolbags and liars and motherfuckers my exes were, but also where was my growth? Where, where could I do better and be better in relationships? Because it always takes two. Even to my listeners who have experienced narcissistic abuse, I too have experienced major narcissistic abuse, that is not to point the finger and blame yourself, but also recognize, and I say this very delicately, gently, carefully, just recognizing how you played into allowing the abuse. And I I know that, me too, you know, I, I allowed it because I didn't know what was going on and the gaslighting was so bad. But now on the other side, my hope is, that you understand what narcissistic abuse is, you understand what gaslighting is, you understand your worth, your value, you are able to clock if someone's story changes 85 times every time you ask that person, it's a different version of events, you are more vigilant, more aware, more no bullshit as you navigate your dating life compared to the way you were because you just didn't know better and the only way that you were gonna know better is to get through that awful relationship. Unfortunately, that's how it happened. But look, here you are on the other side, way more connected to yourself, way more clear about who you are, what your standards are, what you will and will not put up with. And also the kind of relationship that you now have with yourself, right? I'd rather be alone than be with this asshole who makes me feel like shit all the time. So Make sure you're totally clear about what happened in your past relationships. If you are panicking about a new relationship that you're in or someone you're newly dating or crushing on or whatever, and you have not done the deeper work and you don't have clarity and peace and closure and you're still all wound up about what your ex did to you, work on that. And it doesn't mean you can't do it simultaneously, but I suggest more often than not hitting pause on dating to really dig deep because that is heavy heavy work. It doesn't have to take forever, but I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. It's heavy. It's heavy looking at what you tolerated. It's heavy looking at the pain again that came up when the relationship didn't work out. And it's heavy to look at how lowly you were thinking of yourself to attract someone like that and be with someone like that. And, you know, I'm really conscious here because I've got seven more steps to move through. This is not an invitation to shame or blame. This is an invitation to very calmly, patiently, curiously, is curiously a word, (laughs) in a very curious way and non-judgmental manner at your past relationships and your past relationship with yourself and really making sure that the lessons have been learned. That doesn't mean that there aren't bruises or, you know, a couple of cracks in the heart, but there's just more clarity, more power, more peace, more closure before you'd be willing to open your heart again. Number two, be prepared as much as you can be to potentially get hurt again. Yeah, I said it. Be prepared as much as you can be to potentially get hurt again. 
my loves, there are no guarantees. No one can guarantee you. I mean, my fiance guarantees me that he's never leaving me and he loves me so much. And I feel the same about him. I love him so much. But there's years of love and years of hard things that we've gone through and seeing each other at our ugliest and learning so much from past relationships and healing and growing ourselves and healing and growing together that gives us that certainty and that confidence. And still, I would say there cannot be 100% guarantee. I can give them the best promise commitment of my life as it stands right now. And so can he, and we proceed forward. But it also takes tons of work to connect and hear each other and bring up the hard conversations and address them head on and be vulnerable with each other and say the things that we don't want to say and hear the things that we don't want to hear with a partner who we love and trust who wants to grow with us. And even still, there can be no guarantees. I know this is a real Debbie Downer of an episode, but don't worry. Stay with me here. (laughs) I really think these steps are great steps to help you when you're in panic about potentially getting your heart broken again. So how do you prepare to potentially get hurt again? I think you just have to have, again, going back to number one, be really clear about the past. And what is required to be clear about the past is to go through healing modalities. A big one for myself and what I really advise my clients to do is going inward, being still, being quiet, meeting your pain where it's at, locating the pain in the body consistently, almost every day for as long as you can possibly do it. I mean, that doesn't mean five hours a day, but like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour to carve out to consciously grieve your pain. There's also tapping, there's breath work, there's walks, there's talk therapy, there's coaching. I've got three offers. Go to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com to see if you want to work with me. There's lots of different ways that you can move through the grief in your body. And of course, there's thought work and lots of different things that you can do that will take up too much time. But once you've acquired these tools to process your emotional pain, that will make you be more prepared as much as you can be to potentially get hurt again. You've got the tools. You know that you won't die. Because I have felt like, oh my God, I want to die. I know my clients have felt like they're going to die. And, And this is different from being suicidal. So you know, but that feeling of, oh, I feel like I could die is very real, very palpable. And yes, I'm sure many of you listening have also had suicidal thoughts. I myself, I didn't have the thought to commit suicide, but I really understood someone who would want to do that for the first time in my life at my lowest low during my rock bottom heartbreak at 29 and 30 years old. So I think the reason why it was so heavy was because I had never experienced narcissistic abuse before. So I didn't understand what was happening. And I felt like I was just in a complete twilight zone on what was true, what wasn't true, and my value and my worth. But I had no fucking tools to really know how to process the grief. And at that point, I was a yoga teacher, but it it wasn't enough. I needed to really go that much deeper. And I think that will prepare you 
if you were to potentially get hurt again. I think a separate piece of that preparation of getting hurt again is that you're willing to get hurt again. And that's hard to do when you're in terror, right? Especially for me, I identify in my uh, stress response in my nervous system, mostly with fight or flight. I also talked about how I, I realized recently I fawn people please way more than what I ever realized until recent events unfolded. And I'm like, oh, wow. But it's really hard to say, yes, I'm willing to get hurt again when you're in the terror of getting hurt again. But that is the work in order to prepare you and to really consciously tell your brain, it will fucking suck, but I know how to handle this grief. I can do this. This is just a person who I'm newly getting to know, who I'm having strong feelings for, and I would love for it to work out. And I'm really feeling major anxiety that it won't. And it's bringing up old wounds of abandonment and rejection. But I'm strong enough to handle this rejection. I can manage this. And I have a great support system. That would be another way to definitely make sure that you are prepared for potentially getting hurt again. Number three, get clear on your boundaries and the pace you'd like to take the next time you like someone. Or if currently, if right now you're seeing way too much of this person, slow it down. In the first few months, you should not be seeing this person more than two to three times a week. Stay in your life. Take time to process the dates and figure out what is it that I want to ask this person next time? What do I think about what unfolded? Do I have a question about something strange that was said? Do I want to know something else about something that the person said, right? Like take time to process and also ground yourself. So if you're in this terror and panic about getting hurt, don't spend all your time with that person. That is a recipe for getting hurt that much more because then you're deciding you think you really know this person because you've spent all this time with this person, but like really you've only spent a couple of weeks with that person or a couple of months with that person. And again, it takes time to get to know someone. And the same with your boundaries. Are you texting and talking all day, every day? Are you making yourself really available? Are you telling them what you're doing at all hours of the day? Rein it in, get clear, and the right person isn't going to bounce if you're not available all day, every day. Four, be clear on the kind of relationship you're looking for. If you know you want a long-term partner, a life partner, if you know you want kids, put that shit on your dating app profile. And if you just meet someone out in the world and so you don't have that information about that person, Find out in the first few dates, you're not messing around and you're not a pressury, needy person. If you ask someone what it is they're looking for, how do you feel about kids? Because you're not messing around and you shouldn't be apologetic about it. And beyond to you know, getting clear on the kind of relationship you're looking for, the kind of person that you're looking for. And ask them questions to figure out if it could be them. I was talking about this with my client who just returned to my group. She was saying that she does have a list of questions. I love the work she's doing. And one of them is just about how he is now in relationships or wants to be in relationships based on what he learned from past relationships that didn't work out. I think that's an excellent question to ask someone 
find an organic moment. You don't want to be awkward. You don't want to treat the person like they're on some kind of a business interview, but that you're really looking for a partner. I mean, I love The Bachelor. For those of you who don't know, Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, you name it, I'm watching. Every season, I'm like, ah, it's so lame. I'm not going to watch anymore. And then sure enough, sucked into it and loving all of it. (laughs) But The Bachelor would be a great show to watch for you to get a sense of you know, what these people are talking about. And I know it's reality TV. It's heavily edited, heavily produced, and they're forced to talk about these really serious things and they barely freaking know each other and, you know, have this impending potential engagement. I know they're extreme circumstances, but there's a page or two to be taken from the book of these shows where they're just not messing around and they're unapologetic about it. And you get to do that in real life too. Five, Once you like someone and start to freak out, ask yourself, what are the facts here? What are you freaking out about? So I referenced this earlier in this episode. Obviously, if you like someone and you don't hear from them for two weeks and you're freaking out, I get the disappointment. That's a bummer. That shows me that they're not looking for the same thing that you are looking for. But if it's that you haven't heard from the person. I'm just literally using this as an arbitrary example. It's going to be different for everybody. This is why I highly recommend coming into my group program, or you could buy my course. I'm offering a bonus one-on-one call right now, or work with me one-on-one. You can check out those offers because this is where I think it gets tricky and it's hard to discern when you're in the freak out mode of what is acceptable behavior from the other person, acceptable treatment, And what is behavior slash treatment that you should worry about? And sometimes we just don't know. So if you're seeing someone and it's all been going good, and then, I don't know, you've been seeing them for a couple of weeks, but then you don't hear from them for a day or two, you've got to ask yourself, what are the facts? Well, we've been talking every day. Everything seemed to be going well. We have a date on the books or we don't have a date on the books, right? I could, you know, again, using just an arbitrary example that I'm pulling out of the air. And then what do you want to do with those facts? Do you want to let it play out a few more days? Do you want to say something? There's no right or wrong here. But being in the unknown is for sure the scary part. But a lot of the times when I'm coaching my clients and I ask, well, what are the facts here? You know, especially I'll just say in this client's case, he has totally consistently been showing up, as I said earlier, got her flowers for Valentine's Day, invited her to his birthday party where she met his friends, has put plans on the books very far in advance. Here's like a show that she likes. And then he books tickets like the guy is into her. So if she doesn't get a text, in a certain amount of time, or she doesn't get a good night text, she freaks out a little bit. And I really hope that if you're listening, you're saving the judgment because maybe that isn't you, but there may be some other way that you're freaking out that she wouldn't have freaked out. And I can for sure relate to, yeah, everything seems to be going good, but oh my God, I didn't get a good night text or I didn't get a good morning text, right? And so can you just look at the bigger picture and say, okay, so far there's been a lot of good And what's the meaning I'm making out of not getting this goodnight text? And am I willing to just 
allow it to play out and think about how great I've been showing up and know that I've got me no matter what. It would suck if I never hear from this person again, but I love the way I've shown up. I love the way he's shown up. I've really enjoyed getting to know him. He seems to really be into me, you know, especially in the beginning of dating someone. A, they don't owe you consistent texting every day. And again, please, I'm using this one arbitrary example. I hear so many different freakouts from my clients who are newly dating people. And there's always different circumstances at play. And the same even goes for my clients who are in their longer term relationships, fearing that their partner isn't as committed or as one foot out the door. So this shit is no jokes. You just have to step back and ask yourself, what is the bigger picture here? And then decide, is this something that I want to say something about? Usually in the beginning, I do not suggest saying anything. I would suggest hanging tight and moving to step six, regulate your nervous system. Now, I want to be very clear here. You can regulate your nervous system if you're realizing this person is not interested. And you can also regulate your nervous system when you're unsure. So what is regulating your nervous system? It's really going to be different for everybody. It could be breathing exercises. It could be meditation. It could be any kind of meditation. There are millions out there. You could go on YouTube. You could type in dating anxiety. I just said that off the top of my head. I have no idea what pops up. You could go for a walk. You could call a friend. You could play comforting music. You could do so many things. You could do EFT tapping. There's so many things that you could do to help ground yourself more. Now, I suggested this to my client and she was like, yeah, no, but I did meditate the other day and I was still like freaking out. And I'm like, look, this is not meditate the anxiety away completely. That's why I feel like people give up on on meditating too soon, myself included. Sometimes I'm like, ah, I'm just too wound up. I get it. But the pressure you're putting on meditation to solve your anxiety in one or two sessions is, you know, just not really realistic. So it's a practice and you have to trust in these practices. So ground yourself, hydrate yourself, go for a walk, take yoga, meditate, tap, breathe, breath work, listen to music, dance it out. Maybe there's a sport you played as a child or you danced as a child and that really soothes you. I was a singer as a child, not the best, but I really enjoyed singing. So I still sing in the shower and around the house. I look for and use many different glimmers to diffuse the anxiety, but I don't expect it to just disappear. These are just tools I use, right? It's like I brush my teeth twice a day and I floss regularly. I still manage to accrue a fuck ton of plaque every time I go to the dentist and it's like disgusting and embarrassing, (laughs) right? But can you imagine if I didn't brush my teeth or floss at all? So I just trust that flossing and brushing my teeth twice a day is the right thing. This is a really good analogy. It just came to my head right now. But I still need to go to the dentist and they they like look at me. The hygienist looks at me like, mm, I really don't think you're flossing or brushing your teeth regularly. And I'm like, no, I am. So imagine how much worse it would be if I wasn't. So I'm asking you to 
use these practices to calm your nervous system without the expectation that it's going to be a quick fix, a quick cure. Because guess what? You still don't know if he's in it for the long haul. You don't know if you're in it for the long haul. You think you do. And only more can be revealed as time unfolds. And you also have to keep a roof over your head and take good care of your physical, mental, and emotional health. And I'm assuming you have a life with other friends and just other obligations and things to do that don't revolve around this person. So staying in your own lane and using these practices so that you can function better in the rest of your life as well. Seven, accept that this panic is par for the course of finding love after trauma, heartache, and disappointment. I know I talked about this earlier, but you guys, self-compassion, 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 self-compassion. It's a doozy. I think I've come so far on the self-compassion journey and then did not realize how much I was sacrificing myself to people, please, so many people around me just recently. So I was in a blind spot about it. I think I've come a long way and there's more to clean up there. Be kind to yourself for having this big fear. What would you say to a dear friend of yours if they were experiencing this kind of panic and anxiety? And then finally, number eight, ask yourself, what's the better feeling thought I can reach for? This is not to suggest that you should reach for the thought of, no, 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 for sure I know he likes me. Especially when you're only newly dating someone. Yeah, you could be as convinced as you could possibly be in the early stages that the person is interested, but I wouldn't reach for the better feeling thought because if your fear is, oh my God, I'm not sure if this is gonna work out, especially because the person is new, you just don't wanna be lying to yourself that that person isn't going anywhere. So the angle that I would take it again, and I've alluded to this earlier, but there's nothing like repeating myself so that it's really drilled into your heads. (laughs) Okay, I'm really liking this person. He's awesome. He's treating me really well. I haven't experienced this for a really long time and I'm freaking the fuck out. And now he hasn't responded to my message in eight hours and that hasn't happened before. And so... I'm really freaking out. Okay, what's the worst case scenario here? The worst case scenario is I never hear from him again. Hmm. Well, that seems unlikely because we've been seeing each other for six weeks. But okay, maybe that's not happening. And again, it could be what's happening. I'm just walking through a better feeling thought process, right? Well, it's probably not that I'm never going to hear from him again. It would suck if I didn't. But can I just let this play out a little bit longer? and just be my lovely self and own how I've been showing up and know that it will fucking suck if this doesn't work out because I don't want to experience that pain of heartache and loss and abandonment and rejection again, but I'll be able to do it. And I'm not going to stop looking for my person. I'm not going to stop looking for my person. I would love it to be this person and it would be extremely disappointing if it wasn't, and I would have to move through that suck, but I can move through that suck. It will be terrible and I can do it. Is that as assuring as 
oh my God, no, I'm convinced he really likes me. And I heard he told my friend that he really, really likes me and he's not going anywhere and he just can't believe he found me. And I just really think we're going to run off into the sunset together. That's just not realistic. It's not realistic at this point in time. And then as time unfolds and you get to know each other, you'll finally have an opportunity to be vulnerable with that person and share your fears with that person and hear what that person has to say. And that could be scary because that could be the moment where the person leaves. I know, Debbie Downer episode. But you know me, if you've been listening for a while, I want to keep this shit real with you. And I want to remind you that, yes, I am now marrying the love of my life. I met him at 38. And the amount of people who I dated, I, I really should try to figure out all the first dates that I went on. Maybe I did do that before. I'll have to try again. The amount of people who I dated, who I really liked, didn't hear from, thought the date went well, it didn't. Oh, the amount of six-week situationships that I thought were promising and going somewhere that just didn't turn into anything was so hurtful and so painful and so disappointing and brought up all that shit. But I was willing to feel the pain and I knew I really wanted to find love. And I was very clear about my past and I was very clear about who it is that I was looking for and the kind of relationship that I wanted to be in. And I was clear about my boundaries and I was clear about the pace. I was just very aware of what I was doing and what I wanted and felt very equipped to move through this in the most conscious and realistic way. And that is what I want for all of you. And if you need help with this, Go to ClaireTheHeartbreakCoach.com. Three options to work with me. My course with a bonus one-on-one. My group program, access to the course, four group calls a week, anonymous. It's incredible, the value there. Getting to watch other people just like you, getting coached and just learning so much. Or work with me one-on-one. I have some spots available. So much love, my loves. Until next time, bye. My love. Are you ready to stop wanting him back and find someone better? Then head on over to ClaireTheHeartbreakCoach.com and sign up for my one-year group coaching program. I can't wait to put a stop to your broken heart and get a start on your happily ever after.